I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. When you arrive during the season, it's not easy. This is quite the welcome in North London. It was a big challenge for me. And it looks like they pinched all three points. This type of situation make me uh, a bit angry. Surely not another twist. I was a bit scared before the game. Oh, and it's in! It's Harry Kane with the header! Look what it means to the new head coach. We needed to work very hard. Stephen Bergwijn! I don't believe it! They were going home with nothing. They leave with everything. Yes! It was the tough period. Oh, and he's curled it into the top corner. He's done it again! Important three points for us. Lucas Moura! The fight for Champions League football is going to go right to the wire. At the end of the season, one point instead of zero point can change your life. Did you believe top four was possible? Yes. Hello and welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very, very safe and well. Thank you so much for joining us for once again another midweek edition of The Last Word on Spurs, discussing Spurs' summer transfer window. I know what you're thinking. We've had six over the line. What more could possibly be coming from Tottenham during this summer transfer window? Well, listen, there's still lots going on on the rumour mill. We know Spurs are likely to see one or two out through the door before the end of the summer transfer window. We've been lucky to be joined by some real top-tier journalists on the last word of Spurs. And once again, we have delivered. We've got great man joining us, and we're going to introduce him in a second. But delighted to have alongside me, as usual for these last word on Spurs, these summer transfer window updates. I've got the brilliant Jamie Brown over at the Daily Hotspur. Jay, how are you? I'm very good, thank you, Ricky. And yes, yeah, it's, it's obviously been weird doing all these transfer shows because usually, you know, this time of the year, we're, we're asking all these journalists, you know, who are Spurs going to sign? We need more signings. But no, we're obviously really nice and, you know, relaxed this time, kind of reflecting on all these uh, this nice bits of business that we've done. And uh, as you said, we've obviously got an unbelievable journalist today, a guy who, you know, I've been watching for years on, on TV, always enjoy watching him. And uh, yeah, really excited to be, you know, talking to him tonight. I, I really mean that. 
Yeah. Now, before we do introduce him, I must just apologise. We are a couple of minutes late, fashionably later in the last one on Spurs. As always, we go in the green room and you kind of forget where time is at. And we're talking away to, listen, the man of the show tonight. And we forget we've got a show to do. We've got to get the show on the road. So delighted to welcome back to the last one on Spurs. Yes, he has been on before. I know it's been quite a few years, but pleased to welcome the brilliant Darren Lewis from the Mirror. Darren, thank you so much for your time. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. Um, I can't believe the new season's coming around. What is it? Two weeks away now before Southampton for you guys. It's just, <laughs> I love it, but it's never ending, isn't it? <laughs> Darren, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't feel like we've even had a break here on last one. I suppose. I know you haven't had a break. I know it's continuous, right? So uh, it's here we go again time, right? Yeah, absolutely. But like I say, I think because th- this coming season, I think is going to be the most competitive in terms of the top six we've probably ever seen in the Premier League. They've all got lots of money. They've all got lots of quality. Um, and they've all got top managers as well. So, And obviously, from your point of view at Spurs, this is the first time I would argue in, what, the 22 years or what's 22, 23 years that Enoch have been in charge, that yep. you guys look seriously strong going into this season. So I'm quite fascinated to see how you're going to do. As we are too, Darren, as we are too, I promise you. And before we do get the show on the road, just a reminder that we are sponsored by the Beavertown Corner Pin. That is the Beavertown Bank opposite yourself, stand at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. We are excited to get back down there. As Darren has mentioned, the new season is winging its way to us very, very soon. All too soon, but we're very delighted to be going back down there. Of course, for many of Spurs' televised away games, the bridge is coming around fairly soon. Game two, I'm sure we'll discuss Chelsea a little bit in this show. And of course, they've got giant telly in the garden there. Pre-match DJs playing the fans' favourites already. There's some new songs being created ahead of the new season for some of our wonderful players. They'll, of course, be the Kulisevsky song running up and down. You know that for sure. They've currently got the Lionesses going on there. What a great achievement they've had recently um, in terms of the Women's Euros. And of course, make sure you head down there. That's www.beavertownbrewery.com. UK. But it is time to talk Tottenham Hotspur in a summer transfer window where it's had excitement and um, we're hoping there's even some more to come and Darren can tell us exactly what is happening with Tottenham Hotspur in the summer transfer window. Darren, but to firstly start, you already brought it up in the intro that Spurs have enjoyed a really busy, progressive summer so far in the transfer window. Conte obviously leading Spurs back in to the Champions League and making the signs of Ivan Perisic Eve Basuma, uh, Rashalison, Clement Longley, Jed Spence for as long as that took, and also Fraser Forster as well. Have to start by asking you, what have you made overall of Spurs' summer business, which has seen them secure six players through the door before the season has even started? Well, I think the best thing about it is the timing, uh, because so often, certainly during the time that I've covered Spurs, it's been a traditional thing where you wait until the end of the window and all the quality's gone, and you're looking, kind of rummaging around a bargain basement, uh, trying to get um, some bargains, yeah, uh, some free transfers, or maybe a couple of players that have been offered to their club, and, you know, some of them are okay, one or two, James van der Vaart, for example, I, I seem to remember off the top of my head, some of them not so good, I remember Fraser Campbell, um, at the end of a window, yeah, <laughs> I know Jason, Jamie's laughing there, but I, I think this time around, you look at the way you've brought and the timing of it. The timing I've mentioned, the, the way you've brought has been very, very clever indeed because you've addressed all the positions that needed addressing. You've got more quality in midfield. Eva Sumer's a terrific signing at a really sensible price as well. You look at Perisic, a winner. 
who comes into your dressing room and will help the club get over the line. I'm not interested in the ages because I think Conti's won enough in his career to know what a player can give him. And he's let younger players go and replace them with older players because he knows their level of commitment and he knows their level of quality. I look at the promise of Jed Spence. For anyone who might have any doubts about him, just look at the impact that Kulusevsky's had. And he's younger than Jed Spence. He's 21. Um, I look at Clement Longley, um, a good player who's come from a club, again, with a winning culture. And Richarlison in particular is giving you guys options up front, is giving you quality up front. Again, he's not an older player like a Fernando Llorente, um, who you know you bring it on at 10, 15 minutes at the end of games to try and get flick-ons and knockdowns and lucky goals. He's 25 years of age. He's going to give you a good six years and he gives you quality. You can start him, you can bring him on, and you don't have a drop in quality. And I think there's one or two people who have said, oh, he's no big miss for Everton. He was surrounded by average players there. He's surrounded by quality at Spurs. And that's the reason why I think he is going to give you so much more in that final third. Mm. Yeah, I think with the next question after after all that, you know, so, so many exciting signings, but I think I'm going to sound probably a bit greedy here and going to ask you kind of what might be next. But yeah, I mean, obviously it's been a fantastic summer so far. We obviously saw the start with Enoch announcing that we're going to put £150 million into transfer or, you know, into the club and then potentially use that for transfers. You know, and then, as you mentioned, with bringing in those six new players, you know, filled a lot of important positions. But kind of, do you think that Spurs might look to target other positions next? And where do you think Spurs might look to go now in terms of different positions? Well, it's a really good question because I think um, they do need a little bit more creativity, a bit of X factor in the middle of the pit park. The, the one thing before I be answer that question is I think now might be the time at last for, for fans maybe to turn around and give the owner uh, sorry the chairman some credit because I think a feature of when I've been a journalist covering Spurs over the last what 15 to 20 years uh, Daniel Levy's been a kind of pantomime villain but he's realized very quickly that he has a top quality manager and he can't afford to let him get away so what he's done is he's broken the bank, quite literally, to get him the money to bring in that quality. And I, I've, I said last season, sort of the second half of last season, even when things weren't going so well, you lost at home to Spur, uh, Southampton, you lost at home to Wolves, but it wasn't the manager's fault. It was just that he didn't have enough quality. And this summer was always going to be the summer where Tottenham decided what kind of club they wanted to be. Did they want to be a club that, just kept competing for fourth place with okay managers or maybe managers are past their best, or did they want to recognise what they had in managerial terms and go out and give him the money to do what he does best? And they've decided we want to keep hold of this guy, knowing that if, if he had slipped through your fingers this summer, for me, I think you can never claim to be an ambitious club ever again. Because you've got a guy who's won at Juventus, you've got a guy who's won at Chelsea, you've got guys won the title at Inter Milan as well. So, yep. and and he's hot, and he knows what he's doing with his transfer strategy. In terms of what I think he may sign next, I think he'll sign a creative midfielder because you do need somebody in the middle of the park pulling the strings. I'm not that. I was never that sold on Ericsson coming back. I'm not a big fan of you can come back. Some players have come back and 
been okay, but not all of that. And I think his best years, Ericsson, are behind him with respect to him, of course. Uh, I think you need a younger player, somebody who's hungry to play for the club, somebody who's going to bring quality to the club, because I don't think you are. If you look at West Ham, West Ham used to be a club where older players went for a final payday. Let's not kid ourselves. And they got big wages for doing, in their opinion, the club a favour. But West Ham are moving away from that now. Younger players, more quality, and you're seeing the difference in performance levels and consistency. I think that's where Spurs are now. You're not really in for older players now, unless they bring you a marked rise in quality. I think you're in for younger players now who are going to give you a good three, four, five years players that you can invest in and maybe even change a few attitudes. I know James Madison is a player that the club have liked for a very long time. He would bring you quality, absolutely. And he would have a point to prove as well because I think he's been overlooked at international level. Zaniolo is a good player on the right-hand side, but obviously he can play centrally as well. Uh, he knows where the goal is too. He's got a bit of creativity about him. But I think you you do need an imposing midfielder in that final third, just to give you a bit of X factor, maybe provide a few goals as well. We will come back, Darren. We've got a question on Madison and Zaniola that I think we're going to ask you uh, in a little while. But uh, before we do, you mentioned Conte then. I, I totally agree with what you're saying that, you know, for Spurs and you've uh, you've been on the podcast as well as before with a club that I've always wanted to be at that level where we are not only back in the Champions League, but essentially trying to compete for the title as hard as that is these days due to the nature of the quality and the consistency of Liverpool and City hitting those 90 points. I think, you know, by the fact that they've backed Conte so far this summer, I'd be really intrigued to ask you whether, in your opinion, you feel Conte is happy I suppose it's hard to answer that because Conte, to me, from the outside, looks like a manager that always wants more, that will never be satisfied with what he's got. But from what you hear around the football club at the moment, is Conte, to use the word, maybe content at the moment? Yeah, I think he would be content. I think if the season were to start tomorrow, he'd be happy enough. Because I think what the, the, the well, listen, four calls just message you in there, Levy's been fantastic. And, and I think he's right. I think what the chairman has done is he's recognised, I have a manager here who can win things for this club, who can win us a trophy. One trophy in 20 years for Enoch, you know, they would accept, you know, they needed to have won more in those two decades. And Conti is a guy who can deliver that. And I think if you look around the pitch, he's got three players who can play up front. He's still got Lucas Moura who can play in an advanced position. Kulusevski is a wonderful footballer. Benton Kerr provides tackling ability, distribution, versatility in the middle of the park. Eva Suma, he's going to give you a good five years, isn't he? Um, and in the wide areas, in the wide area on the left-hand side, you've got Perisic, as I say, who's a winner. I think if the season started tomorrow, he'd be happy enough. But I still do think, given that you can sell players, you have a lot of dead wood at the club that you need to move on. I think if you can raise the money to bring in maybe one, possibly two more signings that will give you a bit of quality in the middle of the park, that would be great. The one thing I, 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 I must confess, the one thing that did slightly surprise me was that you only brought in one central defender in, in Longley because, um, I, listen, I, I know and, and People watching will know as well that they went hard for Bastoni, who decided that he wanted to stay at his club. But I do yep. think that you needed another 
imposing central defender. If you look at a club like Chelsea, they're trying to get three quality defenders, Kimpembe, Koulibaly. Koulibaly looks an absolute colossus and he will be an, a, a fantastic he looks like player. He's made for for the, he looks like he's made for this league, doesn't he? I mean, that, he looks like he's made for this league. A- absolutely. And when you mm-hmm. bear in mind they've already got Thiago Silva there as well, it means they can play with a four and they've got Chilwell and, and James either side. If they get Kimpembe, for example, or if they get Kunde, I know they have their problems, but they've got quality. And I think defences tend to win you either trophies or titles. Uh, and, and so I still do think... I've mentioned the creative players, but I still do think you need another imposing central defender if you're going to have that depth all over the park to to launch a challenge. I think a lot of Spurs fans will actually agree with that. And I think when, you know, they've talked about maybe getting in a couple more, I think you're right. Everyone's kind of said they really want another creative midfielder and, and another central defender as well. So I assume, you know, obviously we might touch on that a bit later in terms of when we get players out the door, then maybe they might look to move for another central defender, but we'll see. But... Just, just on Antonio Conte and kind of his his contract and his situation at the moment, obviously one thing when he did sign that did raise a couple of eyebrows was um, obviously he only signed an 18-month contract. Um, obviously, there did seem like there was the option for an extension. Do you think there's a possibility that the club at some stage will look to enter negotiations with Conte about extending his contract and then, of course, maybe activating that option they do have to, to kind of make it a longer, longer deal? Yeah, in a word, yes, because I think he's asked to build his team and they've brought him the players that he's been after. The ones they haven't managed to get, well, it's not really the club's fault they haven't managed to get them. Those players have just decided that they didn't want to come. And, that, and this part, a big part of the reason why I think it's time to end that whole pantomime villain thing around Daniel Levy, because he has provided the money, the owner, Joe Lewis, has provided the money, and they've gone out for the players. And I think if you look at Spurs now, there's a real organisation to their summer in terms of transfer business, real efficiency about it, identified the players, brought them in, the profile of the players has been young and progressive uh, or winners. And I, I think I could see him, particularly if, the, as we expect, the team start very well um, and they're in the hunt. You know, they're not languishing or falling to silly defeats. I, I get the sense the mentality has changed completely. I liked... I loved seeing the players collapse to the floor in pre-season um, because he has a long history of training players until they are sick. Uh, I spoke to Patrice Evra about his time at Juventus and he said in pre-season, it was one of the worst of my entire career because he ran us and ran us and ran us and ran us and ran us. But you guys, are, and, and again, everyone watching at home will know that fitness has been an issue for Spurs and Absolutely. other clubs have been oh, able to keep going. Though. And Spurs, well, exactly. I mean, listen, that was almost like a bad dream, wasn't it? It lasted five minutes and you woke up and thought, what was that? <laughs> you know. But I think as far as Spurs are concerned, there have been so many occasions where they've bottled games, they've conceded late goals. We started to see that change in the mentality. I think the Leicester game last season. Uh, but I think going forward, I think we'll see more of that. And that will be, I suspect, down to the improved fitness. And that's why I th- I'm, I'm, I think both teams in North London, if I'm really f- fair, have got good chances this season because they both look well coached. They both look well organised. And I think there is every reason for fans to be optimistic going into this season. Conti deserve- demands 
high standards. You'll you'll, you'll see as the season uh, begins. Uh, he he's a winner, um, and he demands it from everybody. And the thing about Conti that strikes me at every club, he manages up as well as down. He makes demands of the clubs because he can afford to do that. As an individual, he has won more on his own than Spurs have won in the last 25 years. So no one's going to tell Conti what to do or what, you know, a a winning mentality looks like. Uh, And so, yeah, I do think he will sign a new contract and I I do think he'll build something. Uh, Just one, I know this is a very long answer, so forgive me, but... I've never bought into this idea that Conti is a hitman, a gun for hire. You know, he's a winner. He comes into clubs and he likes to build. And sometimes, you know, some people will spin you this narrative that he's trouble. He's only trouble if you don't back him because football is, we've seen it before. Football has a culture of promises that are not always delivered. If you don't deliver for him, he walks. I don't think that's somebody who's, you know, a hitman. I think it's someone who's a man of their word. And he left Juventus to go to Italy. He left Chelsea because they sold players and didn't bring in players that he wanted. At the time, he wanted Harry Kane. They gave him Alvaro Morata. Um, And he left Inter Milan because they sold players after they'd won the league. And so that's not really ambitious. Whereas this time around, they've brought players in that he's wanted. And that's the reason why I think you can be really optimistic about him building something. And if he leaves and you've won a trophy, you're in better shape than when he arrived. We will just go for our first break of the show for our listeners that are on audio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm delighted to sign my new contract. I think after last season and the summer this club has had, there's no more exciting time than right now to be at this club. I was enjoying my football and when the opportunity came from the club to um, extend my contract, I was more than happy to do so. I've had some really enjoyable times here. It really feels like home now and the story continues. This is a significant amount of time in football, especially when a career is quite short and uh, you know in football people move around a lot and it's uh, it's an honor for me to be be here and to keep it going there's still a good core of us that have been here a very long time now and you know it's it's the same faces not just in the team but uh, but around the building every day and yeah it becomes a becomes a family of sorts we've brought players in that we hope will improve us as a squad and make us more competitive throughout the season this going to be a pretty jam-packed schedule uh, around that World Cup, so we're going to need everybody to play their part. It's an exciting season for both club and country. It's uh, 
It'll be a bit strange stopping mid-season for that uh, tournament, but I can't wait. It's been a long time since Wales have been there and um, and we've given everything to get there, so just have to enjoy it. We've got a great group here, not just, like I said, not just on the pitch, but as a collective and um, and it is a very exciting time and a season that we're all looking forward to. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. For our watching audience on YouTube, there's nearly over 500, 600 of you watching us live. So thank you so much for all of your incredible support. As always, for last week on Spurs. And during that break there, you would have heard from Ben Davis, for our listeners on audio, that has just signed a new contract with the club. And I know... All joking aside, fully deserved for Ben. Had a magnificent season last season at Tottenham. If anybody deserved a new contract to his name, it was Ben Davis. I know we have this running joke. I say six out of ten Ben. He was eight, nine out of ten Ben last season. He was formidable. Darren, very quickly, thoughts on new contracts. Eric Dyer's, I know this wasn't in the running order, so forgive me. Eric Dyer's contract, I think that's got a year or so to go. Jay might have to help me out there. I think it's a year or so to go. I think it runs to 2024. Um... Is this a time, Darren, we might start seeing new contracts being handed out? What do you reckon from a Spurs perspective? We mentioned Conte players-wise. Anything you heard at the moment, apart from obviously Davis now signed on the dotted line? Well, I would not be surprised. We're going to get to it um, soon, but I would not be surprised if we hear it that there's a new contract for Kane. Um, (laughs) Because I think he is, he trusts Conte, he's invested in Conte, he's uh, he knows that Conte is the winner and wants the club to win things. I know that there's a lot of noise around Kane in terms of big clubs being interested in him. One of them, obviously, Bayern Munich, because they've lost Lewandowski. Um, But I think he looks at what Spurs are trying to do and he realises that they're building. Bayern are a fantastic team, but they've dominated the league in Germany for the past 10 years. It's not a competitive league. I think as far as Spurs are concerned, winning silverware with his boyhood club under a manager who has an outstanding track record for Kane would, I I think that would appeal a lot more to him. And for that reason, I think the club will persuade him to stay and to commit his long-term future to the club. Particularly, listen, let's uh, let's assume, for example, they win a league cup. I remember Chelsea using the league club as a platform to creating that culture of winning at the club that continued, started under Jose Mourinho and continued obviously for 15 years. And I'm not necessarily saying that that's going to happen at Spurs, but certainly if under Conte, I think that Spurs are a match for anyone. They proved it last season when they beat City, they held Liverpool. Um, and I think 
they could do that again. They've got the quality now and they've got the depth and they've got the manager. I think Kane may well commit his long-term future to Spurs. Excited to hear. Very, very excited to hear. Uh, Darren, what I do want to ask you, um, essentially that we discussed before we went for that first break of the show, um, about Spurs' potential options for that central attacking midfield role. You said Spurs may look at potentially, you know, trying to add to that, well, trying to add to that position. It's an area where Spurs, I said to you in the green room, that for me, I know the creativity Conte wants from the fullbacks, but essentially it'd be nice to have an option when you're at home, you may be struggling to break a team down the likes of a Fulham and Everton or a Brentford. Any one of those teams, any fans that are listening, I'm sorry if I've offended you by mentioning you in those three names. But um, when we are looking to break a team down, you do want to change the game. I'm just intrigued to know from your perspective, would Spurs spend a huge proportion of money on a Madison, on a Zaniolo for a player that's essentially going to be on the bench as a squad player and not necessarily as a first-team player? They've done it with Richarlison, of course. Can you see them doing it as well with a central attacking midfielder? Absolutely, because if you look at the teams that are going to win, compete for silverware this season, the one thing they have is depth. Um, you know, Chelsea have got depth defensively. They've got wingers coming out of their ears. Um, and Tuchel's got a job keeping them all happy. Liverpool have got depth in that final third um, and in the central midfield positions as well. I think as far as Spurs are concerned, um I know that you guys have signed Brian Hill and that hasn't worked out and he's gone back out on loan. Um, and you do need that bit of X factor. You do need that quality in midfield. So it wouldn't surprise me if you were to sign one, maybe even two players in that central midfield position just to give you A, that quality and B, that depth. You do need it. You do need somebody who... I think teams that win things often have obviously quality up front. We all know that. But they also have people, uh, individuals who contribute from midfield, 10, maybe 15 goals a season. Um, and if you've got that in midfield, if you've got someone who can provide the assists and maybe be find that quality from dead ball situations, other than Kane, because I think the club's been too reliant on Kane. I know he's been brilliant for the club and that's very obvious. But again, if you're going to win things, you need other players to be able to step up, not just your Sons and your Richarlison's, but you need midfielders to do it. Conti will know that. And I look at some of the midfielders that have been fantastic for him over the years. Vidal, Inter Milan, uh, Lampard, obviously, at Chelsea. And you can tell that he will be looking for a player that's going to provide that kind of quality from the midfield area. Do you, do you think there's at all a possibility of, of James Madison arriving in? Because I know he's a player that obviously a lot of Spurs fans have mentioned. There's been reports about James Madison. Obviously, Leicester's situation at the moment, they're in a real mess at the moment, of course, with you know not being able to sign players, of course, and, and needing to move players on. Do you think that's a chance, a possibility that might arise, that, that, that Leicester might look to sacrifice one player and that be James Madison if Spurs are willing to offer big money for him? Well, the wonderful thing that you have in your favour is that you have Champions League football. So whatever player you go for, if you go for James Madison, he would want to come. He would absolutely want to come because Leicester are not in the Champions League. They're starting to break up their side. I know that the goalkeeper there, they're talking about him going to one of the French clubs. I think it's Nice. Um, and I think as far as Madison is concerned, he possibly needs... Uh, a, a manager that's going to take him to another level. 
And I think it might well be that he's achieved all he can at Leicester. Now, that's no disrespect to Leicester. I'm just responding to the question that you're asking. If a player has the opportunity to play Champions League football under a world-class manager, you take it. And that's why I do think there would be a chance if they were to pursue him of him wanting to come. I think that would be just an amazing sign. I think as well, last year, he was fantastic towards the end of it. Especially, you know, really picked up in terms of goals and assists. He's not really been a guy that I was ever particularly convinced with, but I think last year he really kicked on. So I'd, I'd love to see him at first. But just in terms of starting on some outgoings, obviously, Jaffa Tanganga is a guy who has been linked with a move away. Um, talk of a maybe potential move to AC Milan as well. Um do you know any details on this move? You know, will it be a loan move? Will there be an option to buy? Um, you know, what can we kind of expect with, with Tanganga moving? And, and do you think he'll go to AC Milan? Yeah, well, I think they want a loan. I think Spurs want um, either to sell him permanently or they want an obligation to buy. Uh, because what Spurs want to be able to do is um, get some kind of return on their investment. Uh, and, you know, the, the academy's done terrific terrifically well to bring through these young players. I know you've made some changes this week. Yaya Torre going in, Jermaine Defoe going in, two fantastic players who pass on their winning mentality and their ability to embrace the culture of the club to the younger players. I think as far as um, Tanganga is concerned, it's a shame that it hasn't worked out for him just yet. That's not to say it might do in the future. This club will look, obviously, to protect itself in that regard. Um I think all of the players going out, there are none that have really surprised me, possibly except for Sergio Regulon, because I thought Regulon did look as though he could have been a Spurs player last season. He did provide a little bit of quality, but he hasn't been consistent enough. His injury record hasn't been great either. And so you can understand why all of those players are moving on. One that interests me a little bit, is um, Matt Doherty, because at the start, when uh, Conte arrived, he he looked way off it. But when he arrived, sorry, when he returned after a a period being out of the side, he looked fit, he looked adaptable, he looked looked really strong in the tackle, he he was energetic, he looked a different player. And I just wonder if, if he might yet be a squad player. Um, but I think Emerson Royale. <laughs> What's that? There's nothing to say. Your your fa- your sp- your face it. speaks a thousand words, Darren. <laughs> your face is what we are when he gets to the when he gets to the byline. We're waiting for the cross. <laughs> it's, a, it's a weird one because I I. I don't know. I'm get. I do get the feeling though that Conte seems to like quite like him. I, I don't know. I, I just get that feeling. Obviously, he's played a bit in pre-season as well. He's quite liked around the club. I, just, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know what Conte is seasoning, but clearly he does seem to quite like him. But he, he doesn't seem like a right fit. Go on, go on, Darren. Can I ask you a question? And and maybe a question to. I know we're getting some nice comments at the bottom of the screen. So maybe yep. the people who are messaging in can answer this. What formation would you play? And what would your starting eleven be, based on what you've seen from the preseason so far? Well, I think we're going to. Well, unless I'm mistaken, we're going to have naturally the, the, the three centre backs, right? We've yeah. got the two wing backs, 
will play. I think Kane Sonkolaszewski will be the preferred yeah. front line. I would be surprised if we're going to... I think what will be the most interesting aspect of it, and please send in your comments if you wish, yeah. it will be the midfield pair. And I think at the moment, that is really where we're intrigued to see what he does. We know he's a massive fan of Oliver Skip. Oliver Skip obviously had his injury problems. I can't imagine they've spent the fee they've done on Eve Basuma, which I agree with you, Darren. They've got yeah. him at a really good fee. But I can't imagine they've spent that fee for the who player to be. Season, who, do you, who do you think will start in that first game against Southampton? Who do you think the first two will be? Well, do you know what? Based on the fact that he gave Hoybier <laughs> 81 minutes against um, Rangers, I, I still think he, he really does trust Hoybier yeah. as one of his almost trusted yeah. lieutenants. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if Hoybier just start alongside Bentoncourt. I know that may not be I'd everybody's favoured pair. I'd- yeah. Um, Basuma yeah. would definitely be for me, my, you know, my preferred player alongside Benson possibly. But I think he really does trust Hoybier. I don't know whether Darren, you've got that feeling as well. I mean, it feels like he's almost one of the trusted lieutenants in that dressing room where he considers him to be a leader. Yes. Uh, how do you feel? Would you agree, Darren? What do you think? Yeah, I do. I do. I think Hoybier has shown himself to be a, a real leader. Um, somebody who's really committed. He's got. He's a, a really, really imposing presence in the middle of the park and I think he and Benton Kerr would they they remind me when I've seen them a lot it's probably not a great comparison at all but they remind me a lot of uh, Morgan Schneiderlin and Victor Wanyama when they played as a screen for the Southampton back four uh, under Maurizio Pochettino and both players were so good that they earned Deja Lovren a 20 million pound move to Liverpool and Jose <laughs> Fonda <laughs> Honestly, and and you know, with respect to Dejan, he, he turned out not to be as good when he was exposed, and he didn't have that protection in front of him. I, I think that what Conti will want is that protection in front of his back three. Um, yeah. And I think if you look at any constellation of those three players, whether it's Heuberg and Bissouma, whether it's Bissouma and Bentenka or Heuberg and Bentenka, you still do have that energy, that tough tackling, uh, ball winning ability and that leadership as well and that distribution uh, and that energy. I mean, there are so many attributes that those three players bring. And I haven't even mentioned Skip because Skip, as you say, rightly, Ricky, he loves Skip. He he sees Skip as a as, as a real leader, um, and if Skip can get over his injury problems, I think he'll be a very important player. So you've got I said right at the, show, at the top, didn't I? Depth is a key thing, and I think yeah. those four players demonstrate the depth that you've got in midfield. Do you know what? As well, I, I think one thing that we will see actually is is kind of there'll be for different games. I think he'll use different formations and different setups, and I think that that's one reason we've seen Longley brought in. I think he desperately wanted a player who could really play from the back and will offer. You know, in those games, maybe I think last year when it was against Brentford, we couldn't break them down. Another another example, Burnley away, we just could not break these teams down. But I think if you you bring in options like Longley who maybe when you're playing against the Liverpool, who's going to have a lot more defensive responsibility, you'll be able to bring in a guy who's, who's trusted in, in Ben Davis. So I think what we'll see is kind of um, different players selected for different matches and, and maybe different formations selected for certain positions. Obviously, you've got the 3-5-2 as well, where you might have you know two central midfielders, a holding midfielder. So I think that that's one thing we'll kind of see is you know there won't really be a set formation uh, next season. I think it'll be kind of, changing depending on the opposition that's one thing yeah I, I I agree with that if I could just jump in um because well, I think 
Um, There's two things I think you'll see next season. One of them is um, no set first 11 because you'll have depth and that quality actually will help you. But the other thing I think you'll see is fewer late goals. Like, you know, for example, I think you conceded late against Vitesse Arnhem in the Europa Conference League last season. I think you conceded a late goal. Stop getting over that competition, Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Fair play. But then you did follow that up with a fairly late goal against uh, West Ham as well. Um, I think it was uh, Antonio who scored in the 70th minute or so. That's right, yeah. Um, in the bright, the bright defeat as well. Bright yeah, defeat. Burnley yeah. scored late on. Yeah, you're right. But um, Trossard scored really late, didn't he? Yeah, so, very late. Yeah, you're right. And all and and, and the, the the reason again that was a lack of focus, that was a lack of concentration, and that was a lack of protection as well. Uh, but I think the way he's rebuilt this side and the way he's constructing that back five, if you like is with a view to making sure that they've got that protection in the middle of the park and the legs in the middle of the park to prevent teams breaking on you and hurting you, particularly late in games. Um, one thing I would love to see next season from you guys is Kane more in the box. I, I, you know, And I think you, if you have that, because I think this could be one of his best ever seasons. I really do. He looks fit. He looks lean. He scored some terrific goals. I saw one of the goals he scored against Rangers, for example, and it was a great example of his hunger. Um, in fact, I saw I saw a few of the goals that he scored in preseason, and, and he looks at it. Um, but I want to see him in the box. I don't want to see him on the left or the right because you've got players now. You've got the quality to be able to put in there to help him. Um, at times, you might even want to play with a two with Richarlison and him, or Son and Kane, or Son and Richarlison. See what I'm talking about in terms of depth. You've got it now. And I I think I've jumped a little bit, of course, uh, from uh, uh, the midfield to the strikers. But I, certainly I think as far as um, the, the quality is concerned, you've got it now and I can see why you're optimistic. Absolutely. I think the world is what you also look at kind of the creative options we do have. I mean, the, my player I'm most excited to see out of all the new signers is Ivan Perisic, actually. I mean, you look at kind of his ability to, you know, to play as that wing back and, and some of the crosses he puts in. I mean, he had a very short cameo against Rangers, but you saw kind of what it was all about, you know, getting forward, uh, just fantastic at delivering the ball into the box. So, you know, you've got those creative options now. And just uh, that for me is, is a, a combination I'm really looking forward to seeing. Perisic in the Kane. So now I think you're I think you're spot on there in terms of I want to see Kane more in the box. So I think that's something I'm excited to see for sure. Absolutely. What we will just do, we'll just go for our next break. Go on, Darren. Go on, Darren. Go for it. <laughs> no, I'm just gonna make one very quick point. You know, it, it, it's really funny because people look at Perisic and they 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 look at his age and they look at um the fact that he's more winger rather than a wing back. And um it it kind of reminds me. I've been watching the women's Euros, and the, the the England's women have done superbly well to get to the final. And everyone has been saying, and after every game, she's surely got to change the lineup now. She's surely got to bring different players in. Well, Serena Vigeland, she won the Euros with Holland, yeah, um, and she's got to a final with England. She's in their time in charge. She scored a hundred goals. She's won nineteen out of 17 games, she's conceded four goals. You've got to concede at some stage she knows what she's doing. Yeah. Well, the same applies to Conte. You know, he's won the league at Juventus, he's won it at Chelsea, he's won it at Inter Milan. He can spot a player. 
you have to concede eventually. He knows what he's doing. If he believes Perisic at 32 years of age is the answer on that right side, who is anybody to doubt him? He knows what the player gives him. He wants consistency. He wants energy. He wants crossing ability. He wants him to weigh in with goals. Perisic provides all of those things. Man United wanted to sign him a couple of years ago and he decided to stay into Milan. And I think as far as he is concerned under Conte, I think he's going to be a seriously good player for you this season. We are very excited. Only Darren Lewis from the Mirror is even making us even more excited in the last one of Spurs. But what we'll just do is we'll just go for our next break of the show for our listeners. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. For our watching audience on YouTube, there's nearly 800, 900 of you watching us live. Thank you so much, as always, for your incredible support for Last Word on Spurs. Lots of love in the comments from Jamie, for Darren Lewis from The Mirror, our guest for this week. Darren, we're going to have to speed it up. Like the, uh, all like the Adama Traore move that never quite happened. We are going to speed it up. We've still got lots to ask you and conscious of time. Uh, I do want to ask you, towards maybe the end of the show, about your thoughts about Lucas Moore being operating at right wing back, probably because you've discussed a lot about position so I'll try and remember to ask you about that but I just want to bring it on back to the outgoings potentially and that one you have mentioned already in the show Brian Hill yes he obviously was on loan last season there's been rumours again that uh, Hill could find himself back on loan again uh, anything you've heard on this one in terms of Hill going back on loan if he is where do you sorry think I, I, like I just I, I literally just missed the name there Ricky who was that one yeah Brian Hill Brian Hill. Brian Hill. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, he's been back um, in pre-season. Um, but I think he will go back out again. I don't think there's enough consistency um, as far as he's concerned. As we all know, the Premier League is a very robust league. That's not to say you can't be slight and, and hold your own. And that Juninho didn't do too badly, I seem to recall, all those years ago. And I think as far as... Um, Hill is concerned. It might well be that they beef him up and he is able to to, to punch his weight. But I could see him going back out on loan. There hasn't been anything concrete as far as he is concerned just yet. But you've got to bear in mind there's another what month to go of the transfer window, and I think there is every chance that he goes because if if you look at Tottenham's first team, I don't think he plays in it. 
Um, and I think you have to sacrifice something defensively to allow him to play. And if you're going to sacrifice something defensively, you have to be sure that your creator is somebody who's going to be able to retain the ball and play passes that are going to hurt the opposition. I'm not quite so sure he'll give you that just yet. Yeah, just just in terms of four um, four more players which are grouped together, um, of course, four big names as well that may maybe move on. I think we we spoke about if Spurs can get players out the door, maybe they might look to to move for another central defender. As we we spoke about the creative midfielder, and those four names are Tongi Ndombele, Giovanni Lascelles, Harry Winks, and uh, I've forgotten the other one. Uh, Sergio Regulon. Sergio Regulon. That's that's the name. Um, of course, we have seen Lascelles. looks to be one. Obviously, had a fantastic loan spell at Villarreal last year. He looks to kind of maybe have the most concrete options in terms of clubs that are interested in him. Just on those four players, do you kind of expect those four to be to, to be moved on? Um, obviously, Tongi and Dombele is an interesting one, a guy who's going to be very difficult to get out of the door. But as I said, just, just on those four, do you think those are players that Spurs might be able to get out? Yeah, I do. I think Winks will go to Everton. I think La Celso will go back to Spain. It, it, it's funny because he looked a better player uh, a far better player when I saw him in a Villarreal shirt than he ever was in yeah. a Spurs shirt. Agree. And again, that's not a slight on him. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's a very honest player, but I think as far as the Spanish league is concerned, I think it suits him better, suited him better. And it might well be that if they come back in for him, the club might want to do a permanent deal, uh, both to give him the regular football he needs and to recoup some of the finance to reinvest in a player that's better suited to Spurs. As far as Mdombele is concerned, he's the, the enigma, really, because he's been talking about wanting to you know, knuckle down and be committed. But I think his ship has sailed. I've got to be honest. I, I think he is not suited to the Premier League. He doesn't have the consistency. He does have flashes of quality, but in the, this new Spurs, flashes of quality are not enough. You've got to be consistent. You've got to be hardworking. You've got to be able to do it on a regular basis. And I just don't see that from Ndombele. I expect him to go out on loan, maybe to a club in France. It's quite telling that the club he was at didn't want to keep him at the end of his loan spell. Um, And I think that's left him with a few questions that he's got to answer himself. But I still don't see that he's answered it to Spurs' satisfaction just yet. Just to pick up, Darren, uh, Regulon, uh, obviously we, you said you were quite surprised at the start of the show that Regulon finds himself in the position that he's in. It's a bizarre one for me because I'll be honest with you. Um, when I've compared him and Sessegnon, for some reason, as much as Sessegnon's hesitation really frustrates me to get past the halfway line, every time I watch him, I still feel there's just something about him. There's this spark that's waiting to come alive. And I feel with Conte as his mentor, as his coach, if he can't do it under Conte. He's not going to do it under anyone. So I've still got real high hopes for Sessegnon. We've been told on the last one on Spurs, it's some intel that he's worked ever so hard in pre-season to get himself really bulked up, ready for the pre-season to really prove to Conte that he can become the player that we all hope he can do. With Regulon, what, what do you see the future holding for him? Do you think he'll definitely go as far as you're aware this window? Yeah, I, I think he'll definitely go. I think that uh, the, the player himself wants to play more regularly, and that's a key thing. Um, I, I think, as far as he is concerned, he didn't get much dead game time the second half of last season. I know he had his injury problems, but I think uh, this it, he sees this 
period as an opportunity for him to kind of really sort his future out. And I think he sees it elsewhere precisely because Sessignon looks as though he is going to get a good run under Conte. Obviously, Perisic is the first choice, but I think as far as... um, I think as far as Reglon is concerned, he'll go. It's a shame because, as I say, when he arrived, he looked decent and he looked as though he could be a player who was going to be good uh, going backwards as well as forward. But I think as far as his place in the pecking order is concerned, he's now third and he won't want that. He will want to play far more regularly. I think he'll go. Now, I mean, go on, Jay, oh, Jay come in, go for it. I was just going to ask about Harry Winks, actually. Obviously, a guy who, you know, started off at, you know, when he came into the team at Spurs, he obviously had those fantastic performances against the likes of Barcelona, Real Madrid, and that in those years in the Champions League under under Richie Pochettino. But I think just injuries are kind of really, and, and maybe circumstances have really seen him kind of fall off. And, um, you know, at the moment, he just has not, he's not part of Antonio Conte's plan. So, Kind of what, where, do you, where do you expect him to end up? I know you mentioned that Everton. Is there maybe other club, ever other Premier League clubs that might be looking at him? And can we expect Spurs to get what sort of fee can we expect Spurs to get for him? Well, I think they're talking about twenty million pounds for him. Um, I mean, I mean, uh, again, Winks is a player that's it, it's a shame because I I tell you a very quick story. I remember some time ago when Spurs under Mauricio Pochettino. Was gonna, they were going to play Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. And I remember in the preceding match, I think you were at Wembley at the time, and uh, a group of us were, it, were doing a little huddle with our tape recorders uh, and we were talking to uh, Pochettino and we were saying, look, what sort of side are you going to play? And he was suggesting to us that he was going to start Winks in that game at the Bernabeu against Real Madrid. And none of us really could believe it. And he did. He started Winks in that game. And it was a measure of how big a future he believed Winks to have. He had a lot of faith in him as a young player. And Winks actually did well in the game as well. I think as far as his consistency is concerned, his star's fallen. And it's a real shame because I think if there was a, if he still had that quality and that consistency, Conti would still want him at the club, but his chances have been very limited. Um, it looks as though in Conti's eyes, he isn't robust enough for... Because, you know, I, I remember covering Conti's Chelsea side and they were, had a lot of quality, but they're also very physical as well. And I think yeah. if you look at the midfielders you have, they all have that about him. And perhaps he doesn't think that Winks has got that. It's a shame, but I think he'll move him on. And I think Everton will sign him. I'm intrigued to ask you, Darren, because of Everton's financial situation, do you think they could afford him? I mean, only because obviously I know today they've done, a, they've done a loan deal for a player. Do you think it might be a, one of those, like, I mean, again, the Deli Alley deal. Listen, I think we all hope well, that Deli uh, regains his form. Do you think they could afford a financial fee? Do you think it might be a, a, long, a loan potentially? Well, I think if it was a loan, it would be with an obligation to buy. Um, I mean, there are a lot of players on the Everton wage bill that they've got to get off the Everton wage bill. There's a lot of money in the wages that they're going to recoup in doing so. Um, And I think that it may well be towards the end of the window, once they've managed to sell players, that they can do a deal for Winks. I don't think the club should back down on what they want for him because I think there is a player there who will be an asset to a club, possibly not a championship or top six club, but he'll definitely be an asset to a Premier League club. Um, And so Everton will have to find 
the money. But I think it's that calibre of club at the moment where Winks will get regular first-team football next season. Appreciate it. Over to you, Jay. Yeah, I mean, just on, on two younger players that we that have obviously come back into the fold this year at Spurs. Papa Mata Saar, obviously a guy who was on loan at Mets last year. Um, finished the season pretty strongly. Um, he also, I think he was part of um, Senegal's African Cup of Nations uh, winning squad. So, obviously, testament to him there. He, I think he won the African Young Player of the Year award as well just recently. So, a guy who obviously has a lot of promise. Is he a player that you kind of might expect to go out on loan this year? Or do you think he might stay in around the first team at Spurs this year? I think he'll go out on loan. Um, because I think what what Conti and Paratici will want is players that are able... The quality is not in doubt. Yeah, it, it, there is clearly quality there. But what they will want is consistency. There are a lot of people, For I look at Kulusevsky as a really good example. When he arrived, not many people knew who he was. Everybody said, you know, you've had this whole window and what you've ended up doing is going back for two players that you had at Juventus. But they knew what they got from those players. They knew that they were robust enough for the Premier League and those players showed it very quickly. I think, obviously, we can't foretell the future, but it will have to be the case that those players show that they are robust enough to be able to compete in the Premier League. And then the second question becomes, who do you drop who do you drop them for? You know, because I think what you want, ideally in this coming Premier League season, is that if you play a second 11, if you like, that there isn't really a, a dramatic drop in quality that you've got squad players who come in who can maintain that level. Um, can they do that? I think if you bring in another central defender, for example, then you have Dyer, you have Romero, you'll have, uh, what's Sanchez. the other one? Sanchez. Sanchez, yeah. Yes. Uh, and then you'll have that. I mean, obviously, uh, Davis can play in a three and, and his preferred yep. system is a three. Although, saying that, again, when he was at Chelsea, Conti, he did want to play uh, a four at first. And I remember him being demolished at Arsenal. That's and the Chelsea. Arsenal game. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was a pivotal yep. game in Chelsea's season because after that, he switched the system to a three at the back and they were undefeated for the rest of the won season. The until they won yeah. the league, exactly. Yeah. So he's an adaptable coach, and it might well be that you know once you guys get road tested, if there are any bumps in the road, he might well change and see if there's another system that gets the best out of the players. But I think he wants to bring in quality and experience, and he wants the team to have a combination of that. Mm. Another player that might potentially move, and I think Spurs fans all kind of are fully expecting that he will go, is Joe Roden. Obviously, a really strange one. Obviously, a guy we signed from Swansea. I think under Jose Mourinho, it just never really worked out for him. But it's, it's an odd one as well because, from everything you know, the reports suggest uh, Mourinho really liked him as a player. Uh, Conte seems to really like him as well, but they just never really give him those opportunities. So, do you think he's a guy that will leave Spurs maybe this summer? And kind of, do you think it'll be a loan or a permanent deal that Spurs might look to get for him? I think he'll go. Uh, I, I think they'll look for a permanent deal for him. Um, I know Conte, as you rightly say does admire him as a person, but we haven't seen him play in Conti's teams. Um, and I don't see a future for him in the Conti team. Again, he's an honest player, but he does, just doesn't have that the, the level 
that Conte demands from his players and that Spurs will need if they're going to A, retain their place in the top four, B, challenge even higher up and C, win a domestic trophy and D, compete. In fact, D should be probably a bit higher up, um, compete in the Champions League. I, I think Roden will go. And a key reason why some of these players will go as well is because you do need to raise the money to bring in the experience and the quality that you will need when it comes to competing in the Champions League. Um, And, you know, as I said before, I expect them to invest in a commanding central defender um, and and a central midfielder, an attacking central midfielder. Both those two will cost a lot of money and you will need to sell players to be able to raise that money to do that. So I do expect Roden to go, yes. I'm intrigued to ask, Darren, just in relation to um, this right wing back area before we look to summarise. Lucas Moura, uh, Conte looks like he's in the process of trying to convert him to a right wing back slot, which we've seen over the course of the recent pre-season games. Just intrigued to know your thoughts on that, whether you feel that's a potential position Moura can fill, and whether that just shows, again, as we discussed earlier, the... Uh, the unreliability you may feel in Emerson Royale, for example. Um, it's really intriguing to know, you mentioned Matt Doherty earlier. There's nothing really suggesting that Matt Doherty is going to leave the football club. And obviously they've just recently, of course, acquired Jed Spence. I mean, how do you see that working out for Spurs on that right-hand side at the back there? I think Jed Spence is a super, super player with a terrific attitude. And you only have to look at the pursuit of the player to understand the esteem that he's held by the club, uh, by Conti and by Paratici. Three, you know, the, the, all of Levy and, and, and Conti and Paratici, they all know a player when they see one. And it isn't just about him being a good player, but he's got a good attitude as well. He relishes hard work. He's been desperate to climb. He's an example of what I was, I think we were talking about it off air uh, when we were saying that, you want players to make a step up, not players that are doing you a favour. You want players who yeah. are hungry, desperate to play for Spurs, wear the shirt, get out yeah. onto the pitch at the Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Stadium, impress yeah. the fans, get your shirt dirty. Jed Spence wants to do all of those things. And I, I think he'll bring you consistency in that right wing back position. And anyone who doubts it, again, look at Kulusevsky. He's 21 years of age and what he's provided in the last six months and what he threatens to provide in the next year or so. And then I look at, if just to answer your question, Lucas Moura, I know you haven't got a lot of time, so I'll only say two words, Victor Moses, because he changed Victor Moses from an attacking right-sided player to a right wing back who helped to win the title for Chelsea. So if you have any doubts about what this guy can do, well, there's an example for you right there. Do you think then, Darren, based on that, do you think if that's the case, we're going to then look to adopt and change more as position to being a right wing back slot? Would you imagine that Doherty or Emerson, one of those two, are likely to leave before this window closes based on that? Well, like I say, I think Doherty... I like Doherty as a player, and I did see a marked improvement in Doherty as the season went on. To be fair to Royale, 
I don't think he defends that badly. Do you know what, Darren? I don't think he actually defends badly. And the thing is, he was bought, I know obviously time-wise he's against us, he was bought primarily to be a full-back under Nuno. He was never bought as a wing-back. And therefore, whenever I've seen him as an actual defender, he does his job fairly well. It's just the, it's just the nature of being a wing-back and he's got a bomb forward. It clearly isn't his game. And he clearly looks really uncomfortable doing it. Do you know what I mean? That's how I feel looking at him, watching the, it. The only, the only problem is it's a little bit like saying you buy a goalkeeper who feels uncomfortable catching the ball. You know, because... And as far as... Listen, we joke, I joke, but I, I think as yeah. far as um, Raul is concerned, I actually did see some improvement in him towards the second... <laughs> Osborne, stop it. Um, I did see some improvement in him towards the second half of the second half of the season, if that makes sense. Uh, and there were some glimmers of hope. But I think the cynical side of me thinks that what that served to do is put him in the shop window for Spurs. Because, again, it, it's brutal to say, but you're trying to make a step up now. And in order to do that, you need consistency. You don't need lapses in concentration that can, can cost you the points. That could be the difference between fourth and fifth place, fourth and third place, you know, dear to dream, maybe even third and second place. I, I, I And so I, and, and Conte is ruthless like that. You know, he will know who he can depend on. I think if Royale had a big future, they would not have gone as hard as they've gone for Spence. But I think he sees Spence as his guy. And I think as far as Royale is concerned, I, I, I expect him to move on. I know that there's been talk that he's not going to go because been one or two clubs have come in for him and, and they said, oh, no, he's going to stay. I, I, I think he's going to go. I think it's just a negotiating position. And when somebody comes up with the money that's a decent enough offer, he will be sold. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organizations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train and retain them. Phoenix 51 powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Darren, I must say thank you so much for all of your time. We're approaching an hour. Jamie's got a, a final couple of questions to ask you. If you don't mind, Darren, if sure, you don't mind us sure, opening the floor, we're going to open the floor to questions and then uh, we can then ask Darren if he's comfortable to answer them. So guys, any names you want to throw at us or any questions you've got for Darren, be nice. <laughs> Feel free to throw at us. So we're just going to hand over to Jamie to answer yeah. these final few and then we'll open the floor. Over to you, Jamie. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're finishing with two pretty big questions here. I mean, the first one is, um, do you think that Conte genuinely believes that he can challenge for the league this year? Um, and secondly, I mean, how many how many players do you kind of... But, um, obviously, when is it? September the 1st, do you, do you expect Spurs to sign? Um, obviously, in the remainder of the window, how many more do you think Spurs will sign? Um, do I think that Spurs will challenge for the league? Yes. Um, I know that for a lot of people, that that's a bit incredible to say. But I think that what Conti has said, he said it to everybody, he's not used to fighting for fourth place. He's used to challenging for the title. Um, and he's managed to do that at Juventus, where if you check yourselves, he's something like 30 points behind when he arrived at that club and he managed to win the league in his first season. 
Uh, he was a similar distance behind at Chelsea and managed to win the league. Uh, he came from fourth to second in his first year at Inter Milan. And then the following year, he won the league. And that is where he likes to operate at the business end of any league that he is in. So I think there'll be a challenge. I think that obviously City and Liverpool have the quality, the cutting edge, the consistency and, and a higher level than we have ever seen in the Premier League. Um, and, and so they'll be hard to reel in. But I think he will have a serious go. I do think that. What was the second part of the question? Remind me again, Jamie, forgive me. It was um, how many players, how many more players do you expect to arrive through the door? So I worded it so poorly that um, I don't, I forgive you for getting it. No, no worries. I, I think they'll, they'll, I think they'll get two. Another centre-half, a commanding centre-half and another uh, creative midfielder. There you go. That answers one of the panellists on the screen, TTID forever. I hope that's answered your question. Darren, the uh, the grilling is all but over. Let's uh, we'll head over and see what comes out on the floor very quickly. Um, so H Shah says, is there any truth in Hakimi being unsettled at PSG? Anything, Darren? Yeah, there is. There is. Um, Galtieri's gone in there and he wants his own players coming in. The problem um, that Spurs might have in terms of being interested in him is he's on very, very high wages. And also, if you bring in Hakimi, then you can't really... You've gone all out to get Jed Spence, who they want to play. They want to invest in younger players. They want to build a young team for the future. Hakimi, I don't think, would represent the direction that the club want to go. He's a good player, very consistent. Um, but I think his wages would be a huge problem for Spurs. And I think that they would prefer to invest in the quality and the consistency and the promise of Jed Spence. Okay, that's fair. I'm just looking through the comments here and tell one, what else one is name as well. One name as well. I, know, I think I can see a couple of people asking is Mark Gay at uh, Crystal Palace. Obviously, he has just gone there. He's had his first season at Palace. Um, there has been some reports that Spurs are interested in him. Is he a player that Spurs might look to go for at all? Um, well, Mark is a terrific player. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. as far as Chelsea uh, are concerned, they did superbly well um, to uh, develop him. And then he's made a really good decision to go to Palace instead of kicking his heels in the Chelsea reserves. The problem, again for the Spurs is that he would cost a huge amount of money, not just because of the valuation that Crystal Palace had put on him, but also because of the sell-on that Chelsea would have for him too. And they're the things that you've got to bear in mind. And also, I think, listen, I think there might well be an interest in him, but I think Spurs will look to bring in quality. Um, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I think they'll look to bring in experienced quality uh, because that's what you need if you're going to compete in a Champions League as well uh, you've got and Bastoni for example you could see why Conti wanted him he's a real rock he's an organizer he's a leader that's the kind of player that you need don't just need one of them Ramiro's shown himself to be a quality player in the short time he's been at the club but you don't want to be in a position where if that one player is injured you're stuffed you do want other players who can be that quality in that back line. And that's the reason why I think you'll go for a more experienced centre-back. Do you know what? That's interesting, actually, because one player that I remembered last year who had a big impact, or certainly when he when he was missing, he had a big impact on the team, was Eric Dyer. Because I remember it was the games when we lost back-to-back -back against Wolves yeah. and Southampton, where we were out without Eric Dyer. 
And you could just see without an organiser in that back line, we were just all over the place. And it was, I think we almost conceded the same goal three or four times across those two matches. And it was just like no leader in that back line. I remember Romero got injured for the North London derby. And I remember saying to people, well, actually, I think, you know, yes, Romero is our most important defender, but having that organiser in the back line in Dyer, I think that he's more, maybe more important to Spurs. So, I think you're right. You know, you, you lose a player like Eric Dyer. And, and, and just on, on top of that, just very quickly, I think if you go back over the years, organisers for Spurs are so key. Ledley King used to make, he could make me look good alongside him. Ledley King <laughs> was that good. He, he, he was just yeah, so yeah. calm. And, and, and if yeah. he were playing in that back line, you just had such an assuredness about your ability not to concede goals. Toby Alderweireld, I remember you were all over the place before he arrived and he suddenly... The Tongan looked a player, or rather looked the player you believed he would be when he arrived at the club, because he was relaxed next to Toby Alderweireld. And there was a lot to be said for an organiser. You can have quality at the back, but if you haven't got somebody who can organise it, like for argument's sake of Virgil van Dijk at Liverpool, you know, when he when you take him out of that back line, you've got good players in it but you don't have that organisation and leadership. And I think that's what that Tottenham defence has in the Romero. That's why they want to bring in another experienced centre-half alongside him so that you are not in a situation where you are lacking that organisation and leadership in any given game. Darren, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, for anyone that doesn't know where they can find you, and I can't believe they don't know where they can find you, but just want to let everyone know where they can find all of your incredible content that you provide <laughs> to the Mirror and personally as well. At Mirror Darren. Um, and if I'm ever naughty, please just be nice. <laughs> you mean if you're trying to sell our players or anyone else's players? <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I, I don't have that power, trust me. But like I say, let me ask you one last question before you go. Uh, Are go you going to um, predict your top, top four for me? Oh, Where's Spurs okay. going to finish? Oh, I'm going to say Spurs will finish third. Okay. I think we will take Chelsea's spot at the moment. I, Joe, I actually think because of Chelsea's season, I, I agree with what you said, Darren, off there in the green room. Uh, mm. I've got a feeling, I hate to say this, I didn't, never want to big them up. I can see Arsenal actually finishing above Chelsea. I can see Chelsea going to be in for a real chaotic season. So I think running order will go City. I think Haaland will be phenomenal for them. I've got to be honest with you. I know they're losing, obviously they lost Sterling to Chelsea, but I think City is so strong and Hayes is obviously going to Arsenal. But I do think it will be City, Liverpool, Spurs yeah. and Arsenal. I don't ever want to put Arsenal in there, but I'm just being honest. Jay, what do you reckon? I, I'm, I'm 100% with you on Arsenal, unfortunately. I do think they have... That, they've certainly improved. Well, the big thing with Arsenal is I thought last year, the way it ended, I thought it was going to be a bit of a disaster for them. I just think when you when you collapse like that, I think it's going to be a disaster. But in fairness to them, I think they've done fantastically well in the window. I think they've got in players that clearly will suit Arteta's system. So I think they will be there in the top four. I think they'll take Chelsea's place in that top four. I'm, I'm going to go quite bold with, with for Spurs. I'm going to go for second place for Spurs. I, I do think that Spurs have the ability to overtake Liverpool. I don't think Liverpool are going to be as strong next year. Of course, they are an incredibly good team, but I think to lose a player like Mane, I don't think they quite have the same quality in midfield at the moment. I think they need, they certainly need another midfielder. And yeah, I, I just think that Con, I think that Spurs shouldn't be underestimated this year. Just because of Conte, I just think that Conte is that good that he will make up a large difference. Pre-season, you've got prime uh, Kane and Son. You've now built around, you know, you've got that squad as well, as we mentioned. So I think Spurs, I can't see them derailing Manchester City. I think Man City will win it. 
think they're just going to be too strong again. Um, so I'm going to go City, Spurs in second, Liverpool third, and I'm going to go for Arsenal in fourth, unfortunately. But, yeah. Now, what we could do is if we ask Darren this way, then everybody's forgot that me and Jamie have not predicted Spurs to win the title. So now we add it back to Darren. So then everyone forgets me and Jamie's prediction. So when Spurs do win the title, me and Jamie are off the hook. So let's add it to Darren. <laughs> You're giving away your Twitter handle as well, Darren, so no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I do I, listen, I do agree with both of you. I think that the City probably will be too strong um, yeah. because Haaland will probably score 30 goals this season. Having said that, though, I think this could be one of Kane's best ever seasons as well. Um, yeah. He just looks so sharp and lean. I think there'll be a policy of keeping him in a box. I think Richarlison coming in means that he won't play in meaningless FA Cup third round replay, uh, third round ties in January when he doesn't need to, or, you know, dead rubbers in the Champions League. I, I think he'll rest when he needs to. And he's got a manager at the moment right now that he can't question at all. Um, I think as far as <laughs> I've seen the messages on this. Screen. I bet you are. No pressure. <laughs> I think City. I'm going to say City, Liverpool, Spurs, definitely third. I think the margin will be a lot smaller because it may now it may come down to how you do it against the smaller teams, and I think you'd be a lot more ruthless against the smaller teams rather than the big teams who want to play football. And then I would say, I would say Arsenal in fourth place as well. But can I say I think you'll win a League Cup? Oh, I do think. You reckon so? So you do think the season coming up, Spurs are going to finally end this trophy drought? I definitely think. I, I honestly no, no, because I I just think that he will. He's a winner. He he is somebody who will want to win silverware in any given season, and even in the season when he didn't win the league at Spurs, he still won a domestic cup. Uh, sorry, at Chelsea, he still won a domestic cup. And I think as far as this season is concerned, he'll want to do that as well. If anything else, but to justify the investment in the club because if he wins a trophy he'll have done that let's not kid ourselves I think he'll finish in the top four and win a cup and that'll be a really good season for Spurs we've come a long way in 12 months we've gone from Nuno to Darren Lewis coming on last one on Spurs telling us that Spurs are going to come to finish in the top four and win a trophy what a way to close the show and I have to remind people that we're still late late July Spurs have got six signings in no this is not a dream no you haven't just woken up this is actually happening for real Darren You've been an absolute star. Jamie, firstly, thank you so much for your time. Great show with Darren, right? The comments, absolutely loving Darren. Been a great show. Yeah, I mean, the, the comments are kind of echoing, you know, my thoughts as well. Darren, you know, one of the best journeys in the game. Absolutely. absolutely. Obviously, we've always been watching you on Sky and talked about for years. So, a pleasure to be talking to you tonight. So, yeah, been a really no good show. No pressure, Daz. There's a few comments in here just saying, be nice just when you're on Sky. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, can I say thank you to all the people who have been watching, especially those crazy enough to watch it meet in a bitter end um, and to agree with what I've been saying. But honestly, I, I hope you have a good season. And I look forward to coming on maybe throughout the season. Absolutely. Um, and, yeah, we'd love that. Um, maybe picking through a, big, a few big wins oh, uh, as that. the season goes. Absolutely. The wonderful Darren Lewis from the Mirror, guys. Well, listen, thank you so much for all your time. We are back with you at the weekend to review Spurs' final pre-season game of the season before. It really is lights, camera, action for real. Southampton, of course, to come on your opening day from the brilliant Jimmy Brown from the Daily Hotspur, from the wonderful Darren Lewis from the Mirror. Guys, please, as always, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on, you Spurs.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.